within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your finding to other realms and beyond the binding. I'm Max Lopez. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bindings. This week, I'm going to be covering A Man Called O by Frederick Bachman. Is Bachman or Bachman? I'm not sure. I Well, you know, I'm kind of basing this off of Stephen King's uh, pen name, Richard Bachman, which is B-A-C-H. So this is B-A-C-K. So it might be Bachman. I'm not sure. Richard Bachman or Bachman, either one is a Swedish author, and this will be the second book I've covered by him. A Man Called Ove was published in 2012, which the first one I read by him, Anxious People, I, uh, which would have come out several weeks ago in the podcast here, was published in 2019, so quite a bit of a gap between these two books. And overall, I like them both. I like this one significantly more. I really enjoyed the story. I thought for a realistic fiction, um, this was something that kind of was right in my wheelhouse, kind of along the same vein of some of those Matt Hag books that I had read earlier in 2022, and I really, really enjoyed this story. I thought that it might have been one of my favorites from this entire year. It was really a quick read, and I, I think I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot because this is a book that I could suggest to people that like that, you know, family members who don't, you know, typically like the same kind of uh, kind of stories I enjoy. They don't like fantasy and sci-fi or horror or any of that kind of stuff. This is just kind of a book that I think anybody could really, really enjoy. Although I think that it is definitely suited for somebody who um, maybe a little bit older. I'm not so sure that I would have gotten the same out of the same thing out of this is in my early 20s as I got out of it here in my early 30s. So I, I really I really think that this book would they, like how much you actually enjoy it will typically come down to your life experiences and your age. And I'm not not saying that like somebody younger couldn't enjoy this book. But I did think that there are certain things and certain themes within this story that I was able to really connect with just simply because having lived a little bit longer. And I think that this story kind of requires a little bit to fully grasp a strong connection to yourself, which I was able to do pretty easily in this story. Ove, who is the main character, is basically like this curmudgeon old man. He's in his early 60s and you kind of initially get this view of him that he's this person that really doesn't, he's not happy with the way that the world is changing. And he's not, he, he doesn't understand the use of things like computers or technology or phones or, but it doesn't even just come down to that. It, it comes down to like the youth's inability to follow simple order and follow kind of the expectation, the societal expectations of, of simple things like going uh, going a speed limit down a, down a neighborhood street, not parking in an area in, in a, an area that is not designated for your particular car. Little things like that where like Ove is very judgmental and uh, this whole story takes place within his neighborhood. 
And much of it re revolves around his relationship or that he's attempting to avoid with his neighbor. So pretty quickly within the story, you discover that Ove's wife has just recently passed away uh, within the last year or so. And from that, he eventually is loses his job, forced into retirement, and forced to just kind of go home and, and live retirement, but live retirement without this person that that was his entire life. And that connection is really well built by Bachman throughout the entirety of the story where you're not given a ton right away, but slowly it progresses into that. And you really start to form this beautiful view of Ove and you start to establish like this certain amount of respect for him. And personally, you start to see these little bits of yourself in Ove because you start to sympathize with him, you start to empathize with him where at first you're just like, who is this guy? You know, he's such a curmudgeon, not willing to accept the, the growth of the world and the evolution of technology and the significance of it and the relevance of it within our common world. And towards, you know, about a quarter into it, halfway through the story, you really start to empathize with him a lot more. And I think that really truly develops into a, a beautiful character that you're able to connect with on a lot of different levels, no matter truly your age in regards to when you're reading this story. Now, again, I said earlier that I felt like, you know, being in my early 30s and and having a solid relationship with, with Kate, who is my wife, and having been with her for a very long time, I was able to make this connection to this story. Whereas I feel like even if I was this age and didn't have that, I don't think I would have been able to create such a strong bond to this story because Basically, you learn as you go back that this is not just Ove as an old man. This is very much just how Ove is. And a lot of Ove's experiences throughout his life have kind of molded him into this person. And it doesn't really have to do with him being a 60-year-old man. It has to do with him just being Ove. And through that, once he finds his wife, which is you know kind of told backwards in this story where you're introduced to the older version of him and then... Bachman kind of goes and fills in those gaps, teaching you about who Ove was as a younger man and what kind of led him to this. You start to realize that the connection between him and his significant other, who eventually becomes his wife, is really kind of what led Ove into being able to accept things a little bit more. So ultimately, and I'm not going to give away a lot of this story, but this whole plot revolves around Ove's wife dies He's forced into retirement by his job, and then he's essentially trying to attempt suicide throughout this entire story and is continuously interrupted by his neighbors for various different reasons. It, it, it never has anything to do with them even knowing that he's going to commit suicide. In fact, he's able to get away with that throughout the entirety of the story, but every time he gets close to taking his own life, Something gets in his way, and him being the type of person that constantly has to fix mistakes, he is always, and not very happily, jumps in and attempts to fix those mistakes or fix whatever problem his neighbors. Even though he essentially loathes them, or at least makes the appearance that he loathes them, um, he stops what he's doing, and he helps to fix their problems. And that is basically kind of the entirety of this story, is, is you start to build out Ove's characters as he's attempting to commit suicide because of the loss of his wife. And really, it's kind of this connection where like he just 
he wants to go be with his wife and he views the afterlife as an opportunity to reunite with his wife and uh, they, you know love I, I'm actually surprised that he had that perception of an afterlife because based on who Ove is I would have I would have assumed he was a little bit more of like a nihilist like atheist type person where everything is you know not necessarily like there, there's no necessary like there's not necessarily any rhyme or reason within our universe or the purpose of our life and that's kind of how I assumed Ove would be, and then he definitely has some sort of connection, which I assume was based on the influence that his wife had on him throughout the entirety of his life. So, kind of interesting, and, you know, obviously, like, for some reason, a lot of the time when I read uh, these not these realistic fiction books, they often have to do with suicide or attempted suicide, and I, I don't know necessarily why that, that is, but... It is they they do create some they do create quite a bit of uh, drama that revolves around it and, and it's it allows you to be rather introspective on yourself and your interactions with others and and really just your entire in the entirety of your perception of our of our reality and our social constructs that we've created within it and I think that Ove is a great example of like anybody can really. Put yourself in his shoes, not with the suicide thing, but not necessarily, but with the uh, just overall how he views the world. And like, I, I think that we all have that thing that we look at the world and, uh, you know, whether it was 20 years ago or in our current day and you view something as like, I, I, I don't think I truly understand that. I don't think I want to understand that. I think it's dumb and I'm going to continue to sit here and think it's dumb. And although like, I personally try to be very self-aware of those types of thoughts and not let them kind of guide my emotions too much because Ove very much lets allows these things to guide his emotions. But there are, I mean, there are a handful of things in this world that I that I view as stupid, and, and sometimes you find yourself interacting with those things, and in one way or another, you kind of contradict yourself on your feelings towards those uh, those things. Uh, social media is a huge part of that for me where like I, I see the you know essentially that's the only way I can really advertise for the podcast or, or try and find people to listen to the podcast well at the same time like I don't necessarily love that that's the only other option but at the same time I'm also creating this podcast which is you know almost in a way its own version of social media so I, I don't I guess I I don't I find it interesting that we can often contradict ourselves in that way of like, I, I don't want to necessarily feel like I live my life through a social media, but at the same time, a big part of my life, a huge hobby of mine is creating this podcast, which forces me to have to interact on social media. And I think it's just accepting that like, you don't have to view that as like, um, you know, dumb or stupid or like some, like you can accept and, conform to that social construct without it kind of deteriorating who you are as an individual and i think that this book kind of helped to show me that that you know if you continue to sulk in that forever and ever you do kind of end up like oh where like once he lost his wife who was his one true connection to accepting the world around him he kind of rejected it even more to the point where he was like well i'm just going to kill myself in order to to what I think is going to bring me back to my wife, the person who was able to bring me out of that in the first place. So 
really kind of interesting. And, uh, it, you know, he's this curmudgeon. He's always trying to fix things. You get the view of that from, like, his entirety of his life. He is obsessed with his car, which is something that he's always trying to fix. It's a sob. It's a very important part of the story. He has a, uh, eventually you learn that he has kind of this grudge, this like, uh, this frenemy almost. His name's Ruin, who lives uh, within his neighborhood. And he's, you know, similar age. And they're both, they're actually just very similar people. But they disagree on like the best type of car. Ruin has a, like a Mercedes or something. And, uh, and, Ru- and uh, Ove has his sob. And so like essentially Ove's hatred for this man all started with that. And it kind of just stemmed into, like, they were just kind of that, like, competing, the, those competing dads, even though Ove's not a dad. And you could almost kind of view it as, like, maybe there was those two neighbors in your neighborhood that, like, one always did, like, the craziest Christmas lights, and so the other one had to kind of match that, and it became this competition. That's kind of what this relationship between Ove and Rune is. And it does bring in quite a bit of comedy to the entirety of the story while also allowing for you to see that they did have some pretty major problems together, like enough that they were both so stubborn that they would go years without talking. Overall, it was a, it was a big part of the book that I did enjoy. Now, uh, when I look at themes, I would say the, the, the most major theme in this story is relationship bonds. Like, really what I'm trying to get at there is like, the effect that one individual person can have on somebody to kind of alter them in a way that helps them grow and become the best version of themselves. And, and Ove, although he maintains like very much who he is, his wife, you get the impression, had this, had this effect on him that allowed him to just accept the world. And even though he still maintained himself, she was very much the reason that he was able to even grow as much as he was capable of doing. And, you know, I look at this so introspectively at myself and my relationship with Kate because Kate and I, we started dating when I was 18. We got married when, we got married in 2019. So um, I think I was like 26 or 27, I guess. And, you know, we just, I mean, we've been together for a very long time. She's my wife and my significant other, but she's also my best friend. And it's not that, like, Max has changed, right? It's not that I have changed. It's just she's helped me into, like, fit into this, this, this person I've always wanted to be. And she's helped me grow into that person I've always wanted to be. So was, I was able to make this huge connection between Ove and myself just because, like, I do, I can view that person that I was when I was 17 or 18, which it's not like he was a bad person. He was just immature and he was just, you know, not, he was complacent and he was not, he did, he just didn't really care all that much about things. And, and someone like Kate was able to teach me like, and she, you know, it's not like she was was like necessarily self-aware on a lot of this, but she helped to show me like how much potential I had within myself and, and where I can kind of grow as an individual. And so much of that helped to form into who I am today and, and continue, continues to influence me in that way, where continuing to push me to be the best version of myself I can be. And, and it's not like I don't have my hiccups and it's not like I don't have my lows and my highs and everything in between. But she has always helped me to understand the potential that I've had within myself and 
Oh very much has this relationship with his wife, which is why it's so drastic to him when she passes away, just because that, like I was saying earlier, that connection that he had, that reason that he had to grow and become this best version of himself had now been taken away from him. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing because I, I truly feel like everybody has that person in their life. It doesn't have to be their significant other. It could be a friend. It could be a mom or a dad, grandma or grandpa. It could be anybody really. But that person that influenced you so much to become not a different person, but the best version of yourself. And when you when it's happening so consistently without even realizing it, that's when you're when it's truly actually happening. When nothing is really being done or forced or, or purposely thought out, it just naturally occurred. It, it, and it's that's where that destiny part of life comes in. That like, you know, I, I don't necessarily like. I, I'm not very concrete when it comes to things I believe in. If you kind of see where I'm coming from, like, I, I don't necessarily, like, I can't subscribe to anything in particular that seems unsure, but I'll come along with it and, and, and you know, entertain the ideas and, and give them some thought and some value, but it, it, it truly is amazing. Like, with, with situations like this, would somebody have come around one day? Like, I don't think so. So it makes you curious, like, you know, it's not like anything was predetermined in my eyes, but it, it does seem, you know, rooted in destiny. Like th this, this something came and helped me, and, and it was not necessarily intentional. And and I view that as something I'm incredibly grateful for because it, it made me into the person I am today. And like, although I've had my struggles and my my highs and my lows, it it, it allowed me to create this person with myself within myself right now that I am very happy with and that's kind of where you feel bad for Ove because towards the end of it you feel that he was never really truly able to have that independence of of a view of himself or like this perception that I'm I'm saying Kate helped me to receive about myself where I, I don't think that Ove really had that ever and that's why he's looking to commit suicide and, and you know, retreat from life in order to regain his relationship with his wife because he never really had that bond to the world. And like I was saying earlier, although I sometimes view these things or resent some of these things that our, our society has kind of graduated to or, you know, been devolved from, I still can view them and, and have this opinion that, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be like you either are into it or you're not. It, it can be kind of this this cornucopia, this whole blend, the spectrum of everything that comes together that you can really kind of enjoy things on different levels. And it doesn't have to be so black and white all the time because I, I struggle with that where I view things as very like you did it or you didn't do it. And you know, I, I kind of relate this to the, the scene on Dagobah in, in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, where uh, Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. I have that tattooed on my arm. It's a huge, you know, that quote is essential to me. Do or do not, there is no try. And although I do feel that way often, I don't think that's necessarily like always set in stone, especially when you're referring to your feelings, because 
your feelings aren't black or, or and white always. It's not do or don't. It, sometimes there's this this in between area, but do or do not, there is no try, is still an effective way to get yourself to accomplish the goals that you want to. It, it really has more to do, I think, with not giving yourself an excuse and just allowing yourself to accept your failure, failures and accept your successes as well. So uh, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars, by the way, and that, that scene on Dagobah is my favorite thing in all of Star Wars. A little side note, um, so overall, just this effect that someone can have on another to alter their perceptions of society, our world as a whole, reality, and even yourself. And it's amazing that you can have somebody have that profound effect on you and not even be aware of it for a really long time or sometimes until somebody points it out to you, which is a beautiful, self, a beautiful thing in and of itself. And I hope that everybody gets to experience that in one way or another throughout their entire life because I can view it the way that it affected me and the way that Kate affected me and continues to as you know one of, one of my favorite parts about my, my life so far. And I can't wait to continue to see where that grows and continue to see where that brings me, brings Kate and I's relationship, all of those sorts of things combined together, and I, I just, I really do love that. And, I mean, that's why I love this story so much, because it was like, you know, once I started hitting on those themes, I realized, or once I felt like Bachman was hitting on those themes, I was able to make this strong connection to this story, which really just made it such an easy one to read, and it just made it so enjoyable just overall. And even enjoy, I mean, not even enjoyable to talk about. I always enjoy, to, like, I mean, that's why I make the podcast here. But I read this, I finished this like a week ago. I never wait that long to, to record a podcast. But this week I took on some extra work at work, so I've been working a little bit later and just been just full, full schedule this week. And so I just kept pushing it back and pushing it back, even from editing, and, uh, I mean, even with that giant gap, I, I'm still, I did not feel limited on, on the amount I actually have to say about this story. And I, I truly would recommend this to any reader, anybody who just wants a good, uh, you know, a good heartwarming story, really make you think introspectively about your relationships with other people. And I really liked it a lot more than Anxious People. He didn't do that weird, confusing writing style where, like, he lit the, he, you know, he lit it at both ends, and you had to, you know, make your way to the middle. And I, I respected that with Anxious People. I, I respected his attempt at it, but I, I really think this was a winner. Now, I got a few, I have a few issues, not with the story, but and I, I shouldn't say anything until I've seen it because it's not out yet. But Tom Hanks made a, a. a full a major motion picture out of this but they changed the title to a man called Otto which I don't understand I'm not going to hate on it too much until I've seen it I will see it um I, I don't think I'll go see it in theaters but I'll wait till it's streaming or something but I mean I don't know why they had to change his name to a man called Otto like why couldn't it have just stayed as oh I'm just curious like I, I I'm sure it takes place in the United States instead of taking place in Sweden which I'm also fine with Sweden, right? I hope so. I might be wrong. They don't really necessarily address it in this. I mean, they do address the uh, the fact that, uh, yeah, Sweden. I was right. I'm sorry. Um, 
so yeah, I'll be curious if it's if if it's of quality or if it's just gonna be some garbage movie that they kind of just took the bones of the story out because like they could easily do like this curmudgeon thing, like even take out the suicide bits, but I really hope they don't. I'm gonna be disappointed. I'm really hoping the only thing they change is just his name because I can I can learn to accept that as long as they do the rest of it pretty well. But uh, moving forward. Uh, I would say that actually this is probably coming out in 2023 now, even though I'm recording it in December of 2022. So uh, we'll have Misery coming up, A Good Winter Tale uh, by Stephen King. That'll probably be dropping next week. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks, Thank you for joining me this week. And as always, I'm Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bindings. <laughs>